everybody to All About Windows Phone Insight Podcast 105, recording this on Tuesday, the 29th of July, 2014. I'm Steve Litchfield, as usual, with my uh, with me, my the head honcho, Rafe Lanford. Hello, everybody. Yeah, good to be recording another podcast. And we've actually got quite a bit of news to work through. So uh, we'll try and stick to the sort of usual 30 to 40 minutes. But I do suspect it's going to be one of the longer ones. Yes, well, I suspect also, Rafe, that due to logistical reasons, we won't get a chance to record one next week. So let's make this a bumper episode to keep people, uh, tied them over for another fortnight. Absolutely, yes. Um, no, <laughs> we we will probably be skipping next week, uh, but you just have to make do with the bumper content this time round, uh, and then we will be resuming the normal schedule after that as well. Yeah, you did drop a few uh, guesses last in the last podcast, Rafe, that, that Lumia 530, an ultra-budget budget Windows phone, might be on the cards. And indeed, <laughs> I think actually, it was actually released before that, that podcast went out, so very prescient. But um, just in brief, the Lumia 530 comes in at the extreme low end. Um, compared to the 630, which we covered about a month or two ago, it cuts down the specifications even more um, with a 4-inch screen, um, a Snapdragon at 200 rather than the 400, um, and 4 gigabytes of internal storage not eight gigabytes but it does come in at an initial price of under 100 euros now i'm my guess my guesswork my rule of thumb ray reckons that this is going to come in on a, a pay-as-you-go price around 50 to 60 pounds which i think is definitely the lowest i've seen a windows phone certainly uh, ever yeah i think it's always a bit tricky with the pricing i mean as you say the kind of the uh, sim free and the sort of without subsidy price uh, Microsoft talked around the 100 euro price mark, and that's certainly a good 30 euros lower than the 520 was originally, and perhaps even a little bit uh, more than that. And translating that to high street prices is always tricky. Um, I think initially it may be a little bit higher than that uh, on the high street, so maybe the sort of 80, 80 pound mark. But you're absolutely right to say that will soon drop down. I mean, if you think about something like the uh, Lumia 520, you know, that started at, you know, over the 100 pound mark, and it's now I was in a phone shop just today looking at the pricing. You can pick it up for 49 pounds. I mean, there's always going to be this debate about do you get the old one or do you get the new one? And we might address that in a minute. But it really is going to be amazing value. And uh, we talked about how the, the 630 actually felt like more of a success to the 520. I think what we're seeing really is just a readjustment in each category about, you know, what's kind of low end and what's you know, there for mid-tier and high end. And you, you can kind of see that at the top end as well. You know, the, the 930 has significantly better specs than kind of the 920 and the 925. And we're seeing it the kind of opposite thing happen at the bottom end and actually Windows Phone is, is stretching down. And actually that's kind of a reflected in this uh, lower price point. But yeah. probably worth yeah. talking a little bit about the hardware because that's where some of the big changes are. Yeah, just I did do a table, actually, a feature on the site comparing the Lumia 520, the older model, to the 530, and also just for comparison to the Motorola Moto E. And they were all all three pretty much spec for spec uh, equal across the board. Just looking at the two Windows phones, we've got the 520 was released in April 2013, uh, and 530, obviously, this month. So just over a year between them. Yet they're both, um, well, the one is, as you say, £50 on pairs you get, which is outrageously cheap for the 520. And we expect these. Uh, the 530 to get down near that mark looking at the hardware the, the dimensions are almost identical the weight's almost identical um, obviously the 520 will get Windows Phone 8.1 pretty soon and we're expecting within a, few, a couple of weeks so that the software will be nigh on identical as well both with a 4 inch screen LCD one's got a WVGA plus resolution there's an extra row of uh, 54 pixels or so 
uh, to allow for those, those virtual Windows Phone 8.1 controls. Other than that, the, and the, the, the 520 actually has a higher capacity because that has the 8 gigabyte internal disk. So if you're looking for internal storage and, and more flexibility there, the, the older model is actually the way to go. And also the camera, if I may be so bold and con- controversial, Rafe, the camera on the 520 was actually an autofocus model with 720p video capture. The new one, a year on, fixed focus and WVGA cap- video capture. So what's going on there? Well, you're spot on. I actually think the 520 is better hardware than the 530. The one exception you could maybe draw to that is looking at the processor where you've got a, the Snapdragon 200. We're talking quad core 1.2 gigahertz here versus, you know, dual core one gigahertz. Uh, and that's kind of a clue to the, you know, the phone itself and how it's maintaining that reasonable performance. And they're both, um, you know, 512 megabytes of RAM. So we're talking right at the lowest end of Windows Phone. We talked about the Snapdragon 200. Uh, before something that was introduced at Mobile World Congress and you got the 400, which is kind of the standard for, you know, upper low end mid tier and then the 800 on the top end devices like the 1520 uh, and the 930. But yes, I think it's actually very fair to say that the 530 cuts things back a little bit more. And that's why the price point is actually going to be lower than the 520. I mean, always this case is when you get new device out, it's going to be more expensive than last year's model. But, it, it, you know, that's not really a very fair comparison. Actually, we have to think about what will the 530 prices be maybe at Christmas or in a year's time. And the answer to that is it will be cheaper than the 520 is now. And so it's not out of the side of possibility to see this kind of phone getting to maybe the 35 uh, pound price point you know, wow. this time next year. And that's just an amazing, amazing thing. I mean, we're seeing that with some of the Android devices as a UK in the UK, we're seeing an Android device being sold for, I think, 23 pounds. And certainly on special offers, you can sometimes get them for even less than that. And I, I should emphasize that kind of 35, 50 pound price point for the, uh, that we're talking about there. It's kind of with a special offer and you still maybe need to top up. So people in other markets going, we never see that price as well. There is some operator subsidy happening there, but even so, you know, these, this handset, like the 520 will be available, you know, right at the cheap end of the spectrum. And it's getting very close to competing with the lowest cost Android device. And, um, if you compare the two, you're absolutely right. Say the hardware is very similar. And I think the Motorola E, it's one of the best low cost Android devices. There are a lot of low cost Android devices out there that I don't think match up in terms of yeah, you know, the yeah. quality and the hardware and just the way they're all put together. Um, and so those are the two devices I'd probably identify as being, you know, the best low cost smartphones. I mean, always the advice would probably be from us, you know, if you can spend a little bit more because you'll get, you know, a, a better phone. And so, you know, we might say that about something like the 620 or the 630. And, you know, there's probably going to be other mid tier devices to come from Microsoft. And so, you know, worth looking out for those because sometimes they provide the kind of the best value of combination of value and you know features it, it's you know it's a difficult one to judge but you have to remember a lot of people don't actually care about having the latest feature you know cost is going to be the overriding factor for them and so i think this is great news for windows phone and we're actually going to see a lot more of these devices i think from some of the indian manufacturers who are looking at doing phones there's going to be a kind of two classes there'll be the snapdragon 400 ones and then this lower cost snapdragon 200 but i fully expect the uh, 530 to become one of the best selling windows phone devices uh, yes it's because it's the cheapest one but you know you shouldn't turn your nose up at it because of that you know it's in terms of the software it's still got you know pretty much everything you'd expect um, from a Windows phone device. Now, a few bits and pieces uh, do get knocked out, um, 
things like the compass in maps for example and you've already sort of alluded to the camera quality there and the front-facing cameras there's no front-facing video so that's things like skype but the core experience doesn't really differ it's going to be really interesting to get our hands on one of these devices because it's the first time we'll have seen a snapdragon 200 and we've seen not really any performance lag in the past apart from when you're opening third-party applications if you look at some of our previous content comparing the snapdragon 800 to the old device you can you can see that um but it hasn't been that significant. It'll be interesting to see whether that can be maintained on these really low-cost devices. But, you know, you're you're still getting things like um, the Here Maps uh, and Drive Suite as part of this, which provides amazing value for money, you know, for having an on-the-go maps always with you offline and then, you know, the GPS navigation for when you're driving as well. Um, mixed Radio is also going to be preloaded, something we'll touch on later on in this podcast. And, of course, the vast majority of Windows phone apps will run on these 512 megabyte devices now there are a few exceptions that we've talked about in the past but the vast majority of applications now are coming with um, 512 megabyte support and we've seen a couple like uh, subway server get updated recently to have that um, support but on the whole you know you'll get every app that you can and you know you get that same kind of limitation sometimes on on the Android devices you know, for similar reasons because you know, there's a bit of hardware that's um, required and isn't there. But it's, uh, the other thing that struck me about the 530 was actually the sort of the design of it just feels a little bit more sophisticated than the 520, which did feel at times you know very cheap. You look at the um, 530 and you know it is from the same school of design as something like the 630. You know it's kind of a bowl plastic on the back. And, you know, yes, that's designed down to a price point, but it just feels a little bit more, I don't know, finished or sophisticated than some of the other low-cost devices we've seen. And certainly if you compare it to some of the low-cost Android devices and even, I would say, some of the other low-end Windows Phone devices that we've been seeing announced from some of the uh, new OEMs to Windows Phone. So for all those reasons, it's going to make it a really a, a attractive handset. And uh, you, know, you, you look through the specification, of course, there are things missing. For example, there's no LTE, so you haven't got the 4G connectivity. There is a dual SIM option though for so for those who want that in their market, you know, that's going to be available. Um, the battery is actually you know good, it's 1430 milliamp hours. So you're going to get good battery life out of something like this, especially with the cut down on, on the processor side of things. You know, it has got uh, the GPS and all the things like that. But you kind of the things you've come to expect. So overall, I think this is a really impressive uh handset. Um, but saying all of that, I don't think anyone listening to this uh, podcast is going to buy one at their main price. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You mentioned um, getting down to about forty pounds eventually on Pejigo, which and and we mentioned I think last week or the week before the Nokia and Microsoft as part of the job cuts. They announced the fact that the X series and the Asher series of sort of proto smartphones, if you like, and the Android open source project based uh, phones are being cut going forward. And and I, I have to say when the Asher series was kind of 40 reinvented along with this windows phone can come down to cover the same territory and when the x series was launched i thought what on earth is the point of this platform windows phone already covers these price points or can get there and this absolutely proves that the 530 completely encompasses the space where the asher and x series were and does it a lot better i'd say it, it does i mean you look at this and you, know, you can see the business logic uh, behind cancelling Nokia X. I mean, I think phone fans are always going to be a bit disgruntled to see something like that happen, particularly if you like the idea of Microsoft or Nokia producing Android handsets. But there's just no business case for it when you're getting a handset that is going to come down in price that much. Now, 
there may be a gap for the you know next six months or so but as it happens the Nokia X devices are still going to be being sold but you look forward a year and it's really difficult to see a gap or you know if it is one it's got very thin and then therefore you know devoting your resources to developing a platform just for that seems you know short-sighted especially when you then set it in the context of the whole whole microsoft vision it is going to be interesting when we actually get our hands on one of these devices for testing not just sort of the kind of the previews for a bit of long-term testing whether they've had to make too many sacrifices you know with something like the 520 you know it, it was cutting it close and you, you have to allow for the fact that component costs come down and that windows phones be re-engineered for these lower processors you wonder whether things like screen quality are going to you know, really annoy us. And I mean, I think the camera has the potential to really annoy people. I mean, I can't really remember the last time I saw a fixed focus camera on a smartphone. I mean, there are actually, there are actually some examples. It's typical of this, this price point. Does that matter? I, it, you know, that's going to depend on the individual. Uh, and I think what matters is there's now going to be an entry point let's call it the 50 to 100 pound market and then you're going to have something a bit more than that which will be the 630 the 100 pound you know up to say 200 pounds then you're going to have something like the 730 or the 830 you know handsets to come it sitting in that 200 to maybe 350 uh price point and then you know you've got the 930 sitting in the you know 350 up to 500 price point and i think there'll be some other handsets around that maybe something like the uh 1020 follow-up or indeed other things but you suddenly see that actually there's a choice at each price level and that's really important because price is still what drives the majority of smartphone purchases i mean that and whether it's actually available through your preferred operator but i do expect this is a, a handset that will be picked up by a lot of operators it'll be interesting to see in some of the western markets whether you know the operators choose to skip this and just stick with the uh, 630 because you know you can look at the 630 and the price point of that is going to come down too. I mean, at the moment in the UK shops, it's about a hundred pounds and maybe 120 for the 4G, uh, 635 model. You, you wonder whether that's going to buy Christmas time, sort of take 30 pounds off both of those. And that starts to become really interesting. Um, but I, I, I think probably we'll still see the 530, um, even in the UK market, even if it's probably, you know, going to have its biggest push in places like India, maybe China as well. And some of those other, you know, Asian, potentially Middle East and African markets as well, and South America, where there's something like Windows Phone has done well in the past and has sort of slipped a bit in the last, you know, in the first half of this year. But overall, really intriguing to see this announcement. And uh, I think there's probably more to come. What was said about the Nokia X was there's models that are in development that are going to be kind of repurposed to Windows Phone. And what that means is the kind of the hardware designs and the kind of the look and feel of them. Uh, will come across and obviously it will be running Windows Phone. So I, I do wonder whether there's room for a 330 that's at an even lower price point. I suspect that will probably wait until early 2015, but, you know, something that's worth starting to think about. Now, last week, we did a hint at the fact that uh, obviously Lumia Scion's rolling out at the moment, Windows Phone 8.1 in Nokia, guys. And uh, we were speculating as to exactly what would happen uh, for people on the developer, developer preview program because Microsoft seemed to have paused the rollout because of problems with bit-locked devices, that's enterprise devices, running Windows Phone. Um, and I wanted to, <laughs> to make sure that 
our editorial Lumia 1020 was uh, right, ready and waiting and would not get its Lumia Cyan update delayed. So um, now it hasn't hit the 1020 yet, but I did revert it to stock Windows Phone, and there's a tutorial up in the flow column on the site. So if people follow that, it takes about 10 to 15 minutes, most of which is spent watching progress bars creep across screens. But it went without incident, and, the, and my 1020 is now sitting here waiting for Cyan to roll out any day now. I'm li- literally 24, 48 hours I'm expecting. As we record this on the Tuesday evening, the Lumia 1320 is as country variants are getting their update today. So Microsoft seemed to be waiting a roughly 48 hours between different models, presumably to stagger the load on their servers. But um, I can certainly recommend, Rafe, that anyone who isn't a developer, developer preview program and is anxious for official Size, they see the, the, the official rollout of apps, the official versions, etc., etc. Then, if they're, if they're that much of a geek like me, then it is fairly painless to go back to stock and just uh, do a little setup and a little rebuilding, and then you're back in action, ready for the official rollout. Alternatively, you could just have a bit of patience and wait for the uh, <laughs> rollout to happen. I mean, essentially, what you're, you've got here is the devices running developer preview are a separate variant to the ones that are kind of running uh, stock Windows Phone 8.0. Um, and understandably, they're kind of fewer in number and therefore maybe a lower priority. And it, it does look like there has been a halting, as you describe here, one of the you know, kind of the bugs they've come across. Um, it's kind of one of the risks that you take when you upgrade your phone to the Windows Phone kind of developer preview edition. And there was the usual warnings about it. We talked about it. Um, I still think you're going to be able to update without any problem. I don't think this having to revert will be a standard thing by any means. Um, but of course, these devices are perfectly capable of being Windows Phone 8.1 devices. And we talked about how the version numbers are actually similar. What we're talking about is that kind of the Nokia editions in Lumia Sun, which Yes, they're worth having, um, but they're, they're kind of an add-on. So, it, it again, it's one of these things where I think they should do a better job testing it, but I don't think anyone can really have a cause to complain if you uh, install yeah. develop a preview version. Um, and uh, it's probably ridiculous telling the people who have done that kind of thing to be patient in the sign update. They will get it eventually because they're probably the most impatient ones who've uh, just opted to install it, even though they're not developers. And I'm sorry if I'm slandering any developer out there who needed it for, for work reasons, of whom there are a lot, and we're grateful for you for creating the Windows Phone 8.1 specific applications. But a uh, bit of patience required here. And as you said, you know the devices are gradually coming out. It'll be interesting to see yeah. by this time uh, next week what to devices have been added to that i was kind of surprised to see the 1320 as one of them i thought it would be one of the other high high end ones rather than a mid-tier handset um, but i'm sure there's a logical uh, reason behind uh, the kind of decisions of which ones get it when and it's probably worth saying a lot of the operator variants still don't have it and so when we talk about it becoming available we're generally talking about the generic variants and that the operator variants then follow shortly afterwards or in some cases not so shortly afterwards <laughs> I was looking actually, Rafe, with the nine th- Lumia 930 to one side and also the 1020 on my other side. Uh, the 1020 now exactly a year old, incidentally, and wondering, okay, when when Lumia Cyan hits the 1020, so they're both running essentially the identical software. Which of the two devices would I rather use? And I've actually put together a table, which I'll be putting up on the site as soon as 1020 gets signed officially so people can read through my analysis. But uh, I don't know whether you can bring it up on your monitor, Rafe. But uh, obviously the Lumia 930 wins because it's got a slightly larger screen and it's slightly higher resolution. It's got a faster processor. Um, It's got... 
uh, obviously a, a newer <laughs> newer chipset and, and more future proofing get updates longer into the future it's also got a a larger battery but on the other hand the 1020 um, has got the the nokia glance screen which is important to many people including both both of us and it's got the you know the really much even better camera the one over 1.5 inch inch it's got the propers in the flash it's got the better oversampling the, the greater lossless zoom so i really am torn between the two my gut feel even says Let's go for the, the older 1020 um, with the, once the 8.1 hits, not least because if people still want a 1020, they can still be bought sim-free online. I looked at my expenses, £280. I think when they launched, the 1020 was well over 500 So at £280, the 1020 with 8.1 on board is a staggering bargain. Yeah, it's, it, it is a tricky one. And I am sort of have a certain amount of sympathy for you. Uh, I think it's going to depend on what device you have, honestly, because if you bought a 1020, you bought it because the camera is the most important thing for you. If I had to choose personally, and I'm fortunate to have access to both devices, I would choose the Lumia 930. You know, the camera is important to me, but uh, you know, you have to remember actually the 930 has got a great camera. You know, it's, it's going to be good enough for most people, even if it isn't quite top of the class. And it's really only something like the 1020 that can, you know, run away with a, a better camera title. You know, there are other aspects of the 1020 that I prefer, you know, glance screen. I mean, having said that, I have to set that against the 930 screen. It's physically a little bit bigger and it's got, you know, slightly higher resolution. Uh, both great visible outdoor. It's important for me at the moment because we're having a British summer with, you know, lots of sunshine and it feels rather unusual. Then there is just the fact it feels just a little bit snappier because it's a Snapdragon 800 processor. You don't notice it most of the time, but occasionally in the third party applications and sometimes when doing some imaging or video processing stuff, you do notice it. And so there's just enough there that makes me think, yeah, it's, it's a, a better handset. So a good even split on the podcast here. <laughs> and if we're Rafe and I were trapped in a room with the two phones, we'd we'll we come out happy. Yes, indeed. Um, moving on, uh, Cortana, Rafe. Uh, we've seen all sorts of hints from Microsoft that things are imminent and literally imminent with a capital I. Um, not least the fact that all sorts of Cortana introduction videos went up on their site uh, yesterday as we record this. And we last week I linked to a story. Um, over in China, there's an event for the 30th, which I believe is tomorrow um, as we record this. So by the time you listen to this, it will have happened. And hopefully or, or happening um basically introducing cortana to the chinese press and one would assume that might even tie in with the official launch of cortana so i'm kind of going to be pressing the search icons a lot on my different windows phones towards the latter half of the uh, wednesday afternoon rave yeah it's probably a good idea people might be wondering how this stuff can be uh, turned on and it's actually like some of the other Bing search services in that there's actually configuration that happens on the server and the phone actually every now and then will check for kind of a configuration file and Cortana is kind of built into the phone. Now there may be some extra things required to activate it in this case, you know, maybe downloading some language or region specific stuff, but I would expect that to happen fairly transparently and whether they'll actually turn it on without kind of informing the user, I don't know, because that could be a bit confusing. You press a certain <laughs> button and all of a sudden you get something different. But it may be some kind of um, software update or some notification that you get about it. And yes, you're absolutely right. The, all the signs are there um, that it is going to come out imminently. 
I'll be very glad because I've actually had a, a device sort of configured to be um, a US device, which is one of the ways you could try out Cortana. And you know, some of the formatting issues and certainly some of the language issues have kind of annoyed me enough that um, I haven't used it very much. I've just had it kind of for demo and for testing purposes. Also, not having to speak in an American accent would be uh, very nice indeed because uh, <laughs> Cortana doesn't seem to understand the Queen's English right now. And hopefully that will change. So it's something to look for in the next few days. But because of the way these updates happen, it might be as much as a week before um, you know, all the devices in the UK running Windows Phone 8.1 kind of get the notification about this. Um, Cortana is probably going to be a love it or hate it thing. There is obviously the whole thing about talking to your phone and some people will think you're a bit nutty if you do that in public and there's kind of that social norms. But um, if you're on your own and you kind of want to use that kind of voice interaction, um, you're going to love it. I think people who already use things like the uh, voice reply for text messages when they're driving in the car are going to be really keen on this kind of thing. And there is a certain amount of charm and intelligence to it that sort of, I would say, beats out some of the other kind of voice companion apps in the Apple Siri is a good example. Uh, Google also have their stuff as well. Um, if you use it for the kind of the limited subset of things, it does work pretty well. And the kind of the voice assisted search is you know, for me in the regular use has been the big one. You know, there are some nice things about um, asking it to remind you when you next call someone, you get kind of notification on screen and I've you know, done calendar entries and done replying to text messages. But actually the biggest use case for me has actually just been, you know, I want to search for something and it starts you know, tying into the big knowledge graph. So sometimes you'll get kind of rich results back if you're asking for things like cinema times or you know, where's my nearest, it will, you know, give you locations and maps. And so um, for me, it's actually kind of the enhanced version of the results you get also make it worthwhile. Uh, and so it's worth emphasizing, although you can talk to Cortana, you can actually type things in like a command line as well. So if you're not into talking to your phone, you can uh, uh, text your phone, I guess it would be, and get the kind of same kind of results. And so for me, it's again, the enhanced version of the Bing search engine that's built into Windows Phone also arrives with Cortana. And that's almost as interesting as the voice stuff itself. Um, although I think kind of the voice stuff, yeah, the yeah. call demo potential is uh, undeniable. You're down the pub and showing something off. Um, but uh, even if you're not into that voice side of things, actually it's well worth having. Yeah, yeah. We should emphasize this is obviously only for Windows Phone 8.1. Now, yes. obviously, there's, there are quite a few of those. There's people on the developer preview. There's the 630, there's the 930, and now the 925, 625, and 1320, depending on where you are and what network you're on, etc. I may well also be on 8.1, so there's a fair pool of people who can actually do, will receive this upgrade in some shape or form. So uh, hopefully by the time we do the next podcast, this will have been released, and also a lot more devices will on 8.1, and most of you can be trying this out. Um, now, moving on, Nokia Mix Radio, or sh should I just say Mix Radio, or whatever, question mark, question mark, because I put it in my headline, Rafe, because uh, there was an interview given by the guys behind Mix Radio, uh, which has now been renamed by Microsoft, who are saying, well, as part of the, the Microsoft cuts, it's entirely possible that the whole Mix Radio team may be spun out as a separate company, which raises all sorts of questions about how they're going to monetize it and stay afloat. But uh, interesting stuff, and I did summarize in my story, Rafe, got a few um, improvements in, in, the, in the application over the last few months, not least the automatic refresh of offline mixes so you can save you know your blues mix and your jazz mix and your classical mix or whatever um, and they will automatically get refreshed with new tunes and and uh, they won't expire regularly which is a great step forward yeah, and it's been really nicely implemented, that feature. I mean, the, the Mix Radio developer team have done a fantastic job over the last two years in kind of iterating this application, um, which kind of makes me think it's rather <laughs> short-sighted in some ways in Microsoft to get rid of them. You kind of understand the business case, come back to that in a moment.
moment. But this offline kind of auto refresh, it's clever enough that, you know, you can have the mixed radio application open and that's when it will do the sort of updates in the background. It'll do it over Wi-Fi. So, you know, it won't go into your data plan and things like that. But what's nice about that is rather than having to take action to refresh the music, which you have to do every 30 days, and that's to do with the licensing reasons um, for when you've got you know, music consumed in this streaming or this radio format, um, it will just happen. So you'll kind of, I mean, it's good pain point removal but it also means you kind of get fresh music every 30 days so it's a, a really nice feature um mixed radio i don't think it's any secret that i rather like the service and it's one of the things i really like about the lumia devices that you got this for free um, really easy to start using no need to sign in no ads of all of the kind of the mobile first music services for people who aren't wanting to pay out a subscription i think this was the best one and even if you include it in just that you know kind of first tier of music services that tend to be you know three to four pounds or three to four dollars for kind of getting unlimited streaming i would pick out mixed radio as having some of the finest selection both in terms of the app itself and the kind of the mixes as well but just in the way that it's been um put together and as i say part of me goes it's short-sighted of microsoft to say we don't want to keep this asset because uh, the xbox experience if you're not an xbox um you know, subscribe, Xbox Music Unlimited subscriber, I think isn't that great if you're sideloading music or trying to stream music. It, you know, it's frankly not all that good. And Microsoft have kind of recognised that there's talk now that they'll be not stepping back and I think they'll continue their own service because they kind of have to, if they're going to have it cross devices, but they are going to start promoting uh, third-party music services. So presumably things like Spotify, uh, maybe not Beats anymore, given that Apple have just acquired them, but, you know, perhaps like applications like Deezer as well. I wonder if mixed radio will kind of fit into that category in time. To begin with, it seems it's going to have almost a, a special status and that it's going to continue to be preloaded on phones. For example, it's preloaded on the Lumia 530. Um, it's probably too early to see any changes from it being spun out. We should emphasize it hasn't been spun out yet. It's just Jerry Rosenberg who heads up uh, Mixed Radio said, you know, kind of that's the plan. They've been talking to people about funding. Obviously, there's several scenarios here. You know, it could be purchased by someone directly and continue to run uh, as a service. It potentially could be spun out as a company and then raised its own funding from these seeds in some ways that would be the option that would be most exciting for me because it would give them control over their own destiny um, as steve said there obviously there are going to have to be some changes to the business model because effectively uh, nokia and now microsoft has been subsidizing it so it can be free for lumia device owners it's kind of been one of the things you get with the phone and in that sense you know, the, the cost of it has been rolled into the device itself that may continue to happen for a little while and uh, Microsoft, you know, may be willing to continue, and, and certainly I would imagine for any device that has already got it, they can't change that in the in the short term. Um, but of course, by not being part of Microsoft, they'll also get a great degree of freedom. And I think you can bet your life that they already have an Android and iOS version running in the labs. And so I suspect one of the first things we'll see is mixed radio being made available for other platforms. And that's you know great news for the service because it gives it the potential to it grow its user base which is obviously something it would need to do to become a, a sustainable business be interesting to see what happens you know how it opts to kind of get revenue to monetize this because you know, there's the obvious things like putting radio and you know equivalent to what pandora do and then having premium uh, subscriber offering i'd hope that they can find something a bit more innovative than that simply because building up that kind of business is going to take time they'll need to get an advertising team um i wonder whether they'll you know be variations on that and whether they'll just have a certain number of hours you can listen to be well worth watching because i think uh, as i said 
Mix Radio have done a pretty amazing job. It's one of the few Nokia software services that has been a kind of a bright spot in Nokia trying to do its own services. And, uh, you know, they've always been very enthusiastic. They're always quick to iterate and very responsive listening to their, their users. Behind the scenes, they've done some pretty amazing things. They shifted their entire kind of backend infrastructure over to the Microsoft cloud servers without anybody really noticing. And we're talking about terabytes and terabytes of data and things happening in the background the performance has always been very good it's never fallen over for me it's always been available and you know innovations like the play me which is their personalized mix which is based on your kind of listening signature which is music you listen to artists that you favorited all the things like that have been done really well and so I'd be pretty optimistic about their chances simply because I think they've got a great team in place. And uh, I, I'm trying to think, hmm, maybe I should be a bit more balanced and say something that isn't so positive, but honestly, it, it's difficult mm-hmm. to think of. And the only thing I, I think that's be interesting here is I wonder if Microsoft might re- regret letting them go uh, in a few years' time. Uh, so yeah, um, probably enough love for Mixed Radio, but uh, maybe a little bass. They are based in uh, the UK over in Bristol, but uh, you know, good luck. And we look forward to seeing what you produce to all our, our Mixed radio friends and um, moving on live lock screen beta this was promised months and months ago rafe maybe even as far back as mobile world congress it seems that long ago um joe belfiore was trailing his a new interactive animated way of unlocking your screen rather than just swiping up a static image you've got text and numbers and messages flying all over the place it's now been released but in beta in and betas in capital letters which is rather important because there do seem to be quite a few little minor issues. Having said that, I tried it out on the Lumi 930 Rafe and uh, I was pleasantly surprised. It didn't seem too laggy and it was genuinely interesting and innovative and something something I hadn't seen on any other mobile platform. Yeah, it, and it, it seems to work really well until you actually install it on your device and run it for a while. And I have found that sometimes it, the unlock wasn't quite as responsive as as it could be. And I get a bit suspicious when my phone uh, kind of falls over and things stop working just after I've installed a beta. I can't <laughs> actually definitely blame uh, live lock screen beta for it. But um, having said that, I, I've now had it installed a few days and things seem to have uh, settled down a bit. And I really like the concept because actually doing more interesting things with your lock screen seems such an obvious thing to do. But as you say, we haven't seen a, a great deal of innovation in this area. And kind of the reason I like it is that it offers kind of various angles with the way text can fly in and out and animations, um, which you know, is, is different to the fairly staid things that you've got on all the other smartphone lock screens where it tends to be you know, notifications showing up or some kind of status icon. And it tends to be organized in a kind of portrait view with text from top to bottom and you know some kind of image um it's a simplicity also that appeals you know it's been done quite in a succinct way it's been integrated as you'd expect with the kind of settings application so it's kind of easy to use um i look forward to seeing the beta drop off this and the fact that it's extendable and other developers will be able to contribute in their own live lock screens it could be a really interesting place for windows phone to kind of offer customization where other platforms don't so yeah thumbs up from me and despite the fact that steve uh, thinks it goes back to february mobile world congress to be fair to uh, microsoft it was announced at windows phone 8.1's launch in april but even so that still seems rather a long way (laughs) and uh, we have had several windows phone 8.1 devices on the market for a while now so like to see this one uh, come out of beta as quickly as possible yeah yeah i suspect the, the beta bit is not so much the stability of the application although that's obviously part of it it's also as you say to allow developers time while the beta flag is on to develop their own things to plug into it i did notice rafe that uh, a lot of the the speed of the live lock 
screen beta and how it behaved in real life very much depended on which screen or dialogue or pane or application you're in when you press the lock because uh, obviously then you're then when you resume you're and you get rid of the live lock screen you're then re- reliant on the behavior of that other application to come s- spring snappily back to the foreground and do its thing and some applications were b- b- worse behaved than others yeah i think that's right i mean i don't know whether it's dependent on how much is going on in the background what's got to be resumed because obviously something like this live lock screen takes more processing power and sort of computational resources than the uh, typical boring lock screen um certainly i think i'll be switching over to using this uh, live lock screen beta kind of permanently now i'll put up with the odd stutter and i'm sure that will you know, go away once it has its full release uh, moving on um, now, one thing we often do is uh, give a highlight to a particular application or game or something we want to, to to show off at the end of the podcast. In this case, I'm hoping Rafe is going to mention in a moment a certain taxi hailing service, which has had a big relaunch on Windows Phone in the last week or so. But I'd like to just give a shout out to GameLoft. Now, I've, GameLoft have traditionally been in my bad books. They produce some games with an appalling in-app purchase records with ridiculous purchase like 80 pounds to buy some 80 80 uk pounds to buy some virtual stars or coins or whatever it's just ridiculous and if you're not careful you can really rack up the the payments and they just get in the way of the fluid game experience always having to cough and buy stuff just to carry on keep track of multiple currencies well they have released modern combat 5 which is a first person shooter with incredible depth incredible graphics and hurrah 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 it's a four pound fifty game now you may say that's expensive there are no in-app purchases whatsoever no adverts no extras you pay your £4.50 and that is it for life you've then got the entire game the entire virtual world to explore for the next months or years or however long so well done Gameloft for listening to humble Steve Litchfield of allaboutwindowsphone.com and getting rid of IAPs for the for this particular game it's a terrific game if you watch the video we've embedded in the uh, the news story you'll get an idea of just how in-depth it is it really is console quality it will take a couple of gigabytes free just to install it while it juggles the files and you'll end up losing about a gigabyte of uh, storage space and of course you need a one gigabyte ram device but uh, thoroughly recommended and well done game lift game loft rafe yeah, and I think the the great thing about this is uh, Steve can happily work out some of his frustration about other games with in-app purchases in a game that doesn't have in-app purchases rather than taking it out on the unsuspecting public. <laughs> uh, smartphone rage is definitely a emerging trend. Now, Steve uh, hinted at taxis, and obviously this is a reference to the launch of Uber at I think most people will be aware of this, but it's the idea that you can kind of hail, um, well, it's not necessarily a black cab. It's actually, you know, a, a car that will come and pick you up and then drive you to wherever you want to go. So it's kind of the mini cab uh, service on demand, if you like. And there are various other apps that allow you to do something similar to this. You know, there's Cabby in the UK and there's a couple of other kind of cab booking applications, but most of those require you to kind of book a little bit ahead of time. The point about Uber is it's essentially on demand. And so depending on the city that you're in, you know, you'll generally get picked up within five to 10 minutes. And sometimes even less, I've you know, been in a scenario when I press the button, literally a couple of minutes later, uh, a cab has turned up and, and take taken me away uber has a, a bit of a mixed history on windows phone it did a, a release an app a while back but it was actually a, a hideous kind of hybrid web-based one it wasn't even a well done web-based app it just wasn't very nice at all and it kind of disappeared i think it was withdrawn from the windows phone store but this is kind of a full native app that allows you to do the you, you know request a ride get picked up you can then uh, pay for the uh, ride as well within the app and it's kind of that really seamless integration i think anyone who's used these kind of apps and you know halo is kind of another example will know the convenience of this and um, some people will use them day in day out 
other people will kind of use it on a more occasional basis when they're you know in town uh, and kind of want to get uh, a lift and it's particularly useful if there aren't taxis around um i'm in london and it's generally quite easy to hail a cab but there are certain times and places where it's more difficult to get hold of one and so using something like uber to you know get it really makes life a, a little bit simpler um within the app you've got uh, you know, still some things to come. The developers say that uh, there's going to be more updates for, for example, for having fair quotes and the ability to kind of split a cab fare with your, your your friends. But overall, it's been well implemented. There's nice integration of here maps, so it looks attractive and it kind of fits in with a kind of Windows phone uh, look and feel. And so thumbs up from me, you know, a really good app. And I, I think it's also one of those ones that's important because it's one of those vital app gap apps that people kind of talk about, you know, can you get Uber on the phone? And up until now, the answer was now was no. Uh, now the answer is yes. And a, a, a particular type of person uses this app. And I think it's really great for Windows Phone that this arrives. There's yeah. always going to be you know, some gaps, but this is kind of one of the important ones, a bit like Instagram was, you know, high profile. Um, another example of that, which I just wanted to mention briefly, has come out just in the, the day we're, we're recording this podcast, is the official Fitbit app. Now, this was available kind of having third-party implementations using the Fitbit API, but this is the official one. And the big point here is that it will sync with uh, the accessories directly, assuming they're one of the uh, Bluetooth 4 enabled ones. And so that's kind of the three most recent of the accessories. Uh, I think it's the... Uh, Fitbit Ultra, um, the uh, Flex, and some of the new ones that are, are, are going to be announced probably in the next few months. That's significant because it's one of the first high-profile apps that actually um, will talk to a wearable device over Bluetooth low energy. We're going to see more of these in the future, but it's one of the things that kind of came in with Windows Phone 8.1, the ability to address Bluetooth low energy devices, which is really all about the wearable space and smart watches. Fitbit is the, the first to do this. And so this is a Windows Phone 8.1 only device. I use a Fitbit device. It's great that I'm now able to use it with my Windows Phone device rather than sort of having it go via my uh, Android device and then come down onto my Windows Phone device via a third party application. Again, it's been well implemented. There is perhaps a little bit of uh, work to do but uh, if you've got a Fitbit accessory and want to use it with your Windows phone it's going to be a must install but for me it's actually more of a herald of what I expect to be a whole raft of these kind of wearable companion apps that will come to Windows phone over the next few months. Lovely okay well I think we're done for this podcast Rafe hopefully we'll be back in a week or two um, and hopefully by then most people will have 8.1 under their belt by hook or by crook and a lot of these applications we've been mentioning will actually apply and will actually work with their with their devices but until then unless you've got any extra words I think I'll say goodbye yeah it's a good time to say goodbye thanks everybody for listening as always you can feedback via all the usual channels uh, we always like getting that tell us what we're doing right and we had a, a very nice email in the last week from someone in the south of the US who uh, gave us a big uh, hello from that part the world and we always like hearing from people from outside the uk because i know we talk about uk issues but we try and keep a, a global focus as much as we can so a thank you to all of the people listening to this podcast we appreciate it and we appreciate the feedback we get and back to steve for the final goodbye <laughs> it doesn't give me much to say other than goodbye <laughs>